What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Friday Night Drive podcast, sponsored by Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden in McHenry. Hello and welcome back to the Friday Night Drive podcast. I'm Kyle Neighbors. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Neighbors. And with me once again is my fellow managing editor for Friday Night Drive. You can find him on Twitter at the Seuss. Seuss, how you doing this evening? You know, just uh, just kind of looking over things today in the state final matchups and realizing how quickly uh, 13 weeks of the season has went by to get us here. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. And yes, it is. It is Thanksgiving week, which means that it is state championship week, and we are here to preview all eight games. Before we even dive into that, though, uh, if you would please give us a follow on Twitter, you can find us at F, or at FN Drive. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Friday Night Drive. And before we start talking about these games, Sue, so I just really want to really quickly want to talk about a bit of news that came out this afternoon with the IHSA listing the proposals that are going out to vote to schools. And not surprisingly, uh, there were two proposals originally. One was to expand the playoffs to 384 teams to do an eight-week regular season. That was not moved forward, but the the plan to essentially repeal the district system and remain in the system that we uh, currently have, uh, that is what's going out to the schools. Um, any thoughts or reaction after hearing feedback from uh, from people today? You know, I, w- I, was, I wasn't really surprised that this was the way that we went. Uh, I'd heard a little bit of rumbling early last week that the uh, expansion proposal might have been catching a little bit of steam, but I think ultimately, and I, I really kind of felt that again this year, there's just a lot of people that like the current system that we're in. Um, and I think the the thought process behind, wait, we won't be doing it like this anymore, uh, maybe resonated with a few people that were on the fence uh, about this issue. Because, I mean, we, we went through this process, you know, last year, but once we once we landed on districts, we'd already gone through the whole playoff night experience, bracketing the teams. And the general consensus seems to be from a lot of people uh, surrounded in the process right now is that's an enjoyable experience for everyone. So maybe some people were having some second thoughts about that uh, about that night and that experience going away. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all all shakes out, because I think. There might have been some people on the fence with districts uh, that had voted in support of it, 
um, that looked at those proposed districts that came out in the spring and said, wait a minute, I don't like the way that this looks. And on the flip side, there might have been some people that had voted against it. They got to look at it and said, hey, maybe I maybe I don't mind this as much as I originally thought I did. So I think it's going to be a very close vote. Um, I think it could be flipped, and I think we could we could still be in the same situation that we're in right now, which is uh, districts will be starting in 2021. Yeah, I my gut reaction is just from the way things have gone since those those uh, the the mock came out back in the spring, is that we see a reversal. But I'm I'm not I'm not certain on that. It's not like I've done some scientific poll. That's just kind of the feeling I've had talking to people in my orbit. But I do think it's going to be another close vote. Yeah, I mean, if you just do a straw poll with the people that I've talked to on a regular basis about this, the I mean, it's pretty it's it's pretty astonishing the divide. It makes me wonder how uh, how we actually had this happen because there seems to be a lot of people, like you said, in your orbit that really support the current system. So it makes me wonder how it lost the vote in the first place. But uh, it should be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right, well, let's move on to our main topic today, which is state championship football. And uh, really from top to bottom, this is one of the the best crop of eight games that I can remember at a state championship level. And we're going to go in from 1A and work our way up. And we're going to start right away in 1A with a battle of unbeatens. And uh, you have Lena Winzo and uh, Moikwa Central A&M. And, uh, you know, we've said all year that Lena Winslow is the favorite in this game. But I do think Central A&M, uh, has proven itself throughout this bracket to be a, a worthy opponent. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens here. I agree that Lena is the favorite in this game, uh, but I don't know if they're as clear a favorite as I thought they may be uh, as we started this season because I, I really felt like Lena was the, the dominant team in 1A, but Moika has thrown up some numbers that lead me to believe that they can – they can make a run at them. Uh, I, I still think Lena Winslow wins this football game, but I really think that the varied offensive attack that Mawika brings to the table is is pretty interesting to look at. Uh, it's very, very rare in any classification you see the offensive balance that this team has. I looked at it today a little bit closer under the microscope. 52% of their offense comes from the rushing game. 48% comes from the passing attack. They're both over. They're both clear over 2,000 yards in each of those categories. Uh, they have three different guys that have scored 20 touchdowns, at least 20 touchdowns apiece. There's just a lot of weapons on this offense. It's not an easy thing for a defense to try to slow down. Um, and and Lena does have their hands full with this football team. I do not think this is going to be a breeze for them. Yeah, looking at Central A&M, this is not a team that I've I've had a chance to see on film. Um, but looking at their quarterback, Connor Heaton, uh, a guy that's thrown the ball 235 times, he's throwing for almost 2,500 yards, but he's also rushed for 837 yards. He's their leading rusher, got 20 rushing touchdowns. Leads me to believe that this is a spread attack. I believe we may have mentioned that last week, but I, um, after having read that, but um, now that I think about it. But am I right there, Seuss? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, it's, it's not your classic spread attack. They use a lot of different formations. They shift a lot of their weapons around. Jacob Parody is the guy that, that they're trying to get loose in a lot of their, their sets. Um, he's kind of an explosive guy that makes a lot of big plays for them. 19, but it, re- or 19 receiving touchdowns. Yeah, so wow. it's, one of the, it's one of those things when you kind of break it down and look, look at it piece by piece, 
what they're trying to do is create isolation matchups uh, in certain situations with athletes that they can get into open space. So they move people around a lot. You you won't see a guy very often lined up in the same position from play to play. Uh, they do a lot of shifting. So it's uh, it's really kind of interesting to watch. You don't usually see, I, I guess, this much of a developed uh, offense from a 1A program. Usually you see, you know, like a wing tee or, you know, a smash mouth running team or something like that in 1A. But there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, when we did our predictions at the beginning of the playoff and we did our, our live stream, we both picked uh, Lena Winslow to win this game. I'm staying on board with Lena Winslow. Just to put you on record, uh, what's your pick in 1A? Yeah, I will take Lena Winslow as well. All right, well, let's go ahead and move over to Class 2A then. And we have Sterling Newman Central coming out of the – uh, the top half of the bracket here at 12 and one facing Nashville out of the southern half of the bracket at 12 and one. And first off, I, we're gonna have to eat a bit of crow here because we had a gentleman that must be a Nashville fan or from the from that area that that responded to our podcast last week telling us to keep doubting uh, Nashville uh, at our own peril essentially. And once again, Nashville. Uh, took care of business against St. Tirita in the semifinals. So, um, yeah, uh, we uh, we underestimated Nashville. That's clear to say. Yeah, I'll take the L on this one. I mean, I, I simply did not. I did not have this team pegged correctly. I, I can't really. I can't really make any other excuses for that. Uh, I mean, it, it it was a kind of confusing season for them in their conference and in the the coaches' calls today even. Even their coach admitted to that. They, they, their league was not what their league had usually been, and uh, and I think I put a little bit too much stock in the fact that uh, some of the teams that maybe Nashville would have gotten a tougher challenge from, uh, they didn't this year. So I, I kind of maybe thought they were a little bit of a paper tiger, and, and that is obviously incorrect. This, uh, this Sterling Newman Central Catholic team, the Comets kind of look like a textbook Comet team. Not going to score a ton of points, but they do enough to grind out drives and is very good defensively. They shut out Knoxville in the quarterfinals and then held Fieldcrest, a really good Fieldcrest, to, uh, Fieldcrest team, to just seven points last week. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, they they made a coaching change. Uh, a veteran coach uh, left the program, uh, brought in a new guy. Uh, maybe they were experiencing a, a little bit of, of difficulty early in the season and making that transition, but uh, they seem to have completely gotten over that now, and they are definitely going back to the bedrocks of what you're used to from this Sterling Newman program. Some really, really impressive defensive efforts over the last couple of weeks, and to be honest with you, it's been a really good defense since about week four of the regular season. It just kind of got lost in the shuffle of things, uh, just really putting the clamps on the opposition. They have a, a pretty good test coming up this week. Another balanced offense here where you have a quarterback, I'm going to butcher the last name, uh, Cole, um, I'm going to guess Malloway? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure on the pronunciation on that one either, yeah. to be honest with you. Malawi, maybe? Malawi, M-A-L-A-W-Y. Uh, throwing for a little shy of 3,000 yards on almost 300 attempts this year. Uh, a 1,000-yard runner in Julian Metcalf. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty balanced attack for uh, for uh, Newman to to deal with. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks like that's what they're about. I mean, they they put up points and stacks. They've done a lot of interesting things this year. Um, you know, when you have a team that is as posted, you know, over five thousand yards of total offense like they have, 
it's pretty hard to uh, ignore what they've got going on, but uh, can put up points at any time and, and have been doing so against some pretty good football teams along the way here. Uh, Sterling Newman's defense uh, will be put to the test here. Yeah, you know what? And as we make our picks here, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doubting Nashville. I'm going to go ahead and take them this week. Well, the, the person that you mentioned uh, actually requested that I pick Sterling Newman. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to make him happy and go ahead and do that. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to Class 3A, where we have 12-1 Byron facing Williamsville at 13-0. And this is really an, an intriguing matchup on paper to me because you have a Williamsville team that has put up a lot of points all season long, and they're facing a Byron defense that is coming off a game where they were able to grind out a 7-3 win. They had shut out Wilmington the week before. Eureka only seven points the week before that. Uh, just very, very different styles here in this 3A title game. Yeah, it really is. And I, you know, I, I just kind of wonder, having, I've seen a lot more of Byron in recent years. A lot of my history with Byron is playing Wilmington. My only history with seeing Williamsville is with playing Wilmington in a state championship game. So uh, I, I just I kind of see the fact that we have a, two completely different football teams uh, kind of running into one another right here. Um, it, it, it's going to, for me, it comes down to both sides' defense's ability to kind of maybe make the other one a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, if given their druthers, Byron will just try to run the football all the way down the field and will take as many plays as it needs to to get the job done. You know, Williamsville kind of wants to wants to take those quick pops and make a, a little bit bigger chunks on their offensive gains. So, uh, the team that kind of kind of forces the other one into doing a few things that they maybe don't want to do will probably get advantage here. Now, I'm looking back here. Byron was in the title game last year, correct, and lost to Monticello. Do I have that right? I, yes, that's right. Okay, yeah, and you, you look at this roster here on the offensive side of the ball. They are starting 11 seniors. On the defensive side of the ball, they are starting 10 seniors. It's a very senior-heavy team, a team that has been on this stage before. I do think that pay, uh, that plays a little bit into this game. And also, you look, we've discussed this time and time again about Byron's size up front. It's obviously anchored by left tackle Tyler Ellsbury, uh, you know, terrific, terrific offensive lineman at 295 pounds. But they have size across the board there, and I do think that's going to play a factor once again in this game. Yeah, I think that's that's where that's when push comes to shove for me when I kind of really break this down. I mean, Byron has so many capable backs of moving the football. Um, Isaac Stickler is kind of the head of like a five person monster. And that seems ridiculous to try to say, but it's actually true. Um, they just have a whole bunch of guys that can carry the football. It doesn't allow you to key uh, key on Stickler or anyone else in that backfield. Uh, and running behind that very experienced and talented offensive line, uh, I think it's a trench war that uh, that Byron is probably the favorite to win. Um, but if Williamsville can can maybe stand tall and kind of limit the limit the amount of control that Byron has in the trenches, we might have a pretty interesting football game on our hands. Yeah, I agree. Um, looking through here, I, like I said, I I just think the experience. Byron may win out in this game so I'm going to go ahead and take the Tigers yeah I'm going to take Byron as well in this one it, I've wrestled with this one you know quite a bit I've wrestled with almost all of them for for a while but this is the one that really gave me a lot of pause because I think we're going to have uh, a pretty close football game in class 3a all right well over in class 4a we have Richmond Burden at 13 and 0 
facing Murfreesboro Co-op at 11-2. and And let's start on the northern side with Richmond Burden here because they we thought that last week, uh, out of all the games that we picked, the Richmond Burden-Cole City game was going to be the toughest game to determine the outcome. And it turns out the Rockets ran away in this game. It was 30-0, to domination on both sides of the ball. Uh, and congrats to Coach Mike Knoll, um, a, a terrific Hall of Fame coach in his 30th year, uh, had made it to the state semifinals last year for the first time. This we, this year gets his first chance at a state championship. Yeah, a really, really impressive effort for Richmond Burton. And and the one of the things that was funny out of last week's situation, right after I published my semifinal picks from last week, I got an immediate question from from someone from Richmond Burning asking me to explain why I had picked Cole City. I completely ducked the question because at the time I didn't have a good answer for that person. Uh, the matchup was that close in my mind. Had to pick someone. That was my job. Um, obviously, I picked wildly incorrectly on that game. Um, but, it, I mean, I felt like it was one of those games that, I mean, you know, might be able to snowball for one of the two teams. I was just wrong on who the who one of the two teams was. A great effort by them, a dominating performance against a team that I thought was exceptional. So, um, and I mean, I'm not taking anything away from what Cole City accomplished during the regular season because they had a fine year, but uh, Richmond Burton proved they absolutely, with no question, uh, with no questions at all about it, belonged in this Class 4A final. Yeah, uh, they um, uh, just terrific all the way around on Saturday. It was so funny because we we had kind of talked about Richmond Burton all year. We had questions about their strength of schedule in the regular season. Then they beat IC Catholic last week, and I was like, okay, that's a that's a really good win. But at the same time, I went, well, it was in the mud, you know, and it's going to be a different kind of battle against Cole City. It's going to be it's going to be tougher. Apparently, I just consistently have underestimated how good this Rockets team is. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's one of those things. You looked at their schedule and and kind of looked what they did with with you know certain teams on their schedule, how dominant they were. Um, you, you, you had some clues if you, if you would have followed right behind it, but it was right. still, it was still tough to, tough to fully buy in, uh, just based on a couple of factors. Uh, it's always hard, um, in situations like that, just kind of weird scheduling quirks with them having to play Johnsburg two times. It was a down Johnsburg team this year. Um, so when you just kind of looked at it on paper, you weren't really sure until they got into uh, got into the playoffs, what it was going to be about. Um, and even once they got into playoffs, it was still kind of confusing because, like you mentioned, the IC Catholic game was not played in ideal conditions. Granted, both teams had to deal with it. They played Marengo for a second time in the playoffs, so you didn't really know what that was either. So uh, just kind of a tricky situation. But like I said, they left no doubt in the Cole City game as to whether or not they belonged in that final. And out of the eight games, I to me, I think this is the most clear or the most confident I am in making a pick. I think the Richmond Burden Rockets are a clear favorite here over Murfreesboro. Um, I, I want your opinion. Um, well, f- before you give us your pick, your opinion on what you think this Murfreesboro team can do to put itself in position to, to maybe at least have a chance for the upset. Well, so far in the playoffs, what this, this team has had alligator blood. They, they refuse to go away. Um, they've been in a lot of close games in the postseason. A lot of them have been decided in the fourth quarter. They have to follow that blueprint. They have to be able to uh, be able to keep this game within, within striking distance for them. Uh, they can't let Richmond Burton get away early. 
Um, because, I mean, I'm just looking at the hard numbers. This is a team that probably isn't built to rally from a lot, but what they've demonstrated is an ability to hang in there and give themselves a chance late in games to make something happen. And, uh, I mean, there's been, to be honest, a little bit of magic around this team. They've been making some plays late in games that, uh, that have kept them alive, and what they need to do is they need to put themselves in a position to allow that to happen again because it's happened quite a few times in the postseason for them, and they're starting to believe that it's it's their destiny to finish this thing off with a state championship, and that's a dangerous type of team to play in a title game, a team that knows it's the underdog going in but believes that they, that they are fully capable of finding a way to figure it out because they, they'll probably come into this game pretty loose. I can't imagine they... Uh, that most people don't have much of an anticipation for them having an ability to win this game over Richmond Burton. So they'll come in here loose and try to make it happen. All right. So just to get you on record once again here, your pick in the Class 4A title game. I'm going to take Richmond Burton as well. Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake uses real ingredients, making pizza the way you like it. Mention this ad when ordering and get a pizza by the slice with a can of soda for four bucks. Call 815-477-0888 to place an order or order online at rosatispizza.com. Lake Marine and RV is your new boat dealer for Quest. Low, rinker, and veranda models. Lake Marine and RV has all your sales, full service, and storage needs. You can visit Lake Marine and RV at 2050 Southeastwood Drive in Woodstock. Online at lakemarine.com. Lake Marine and RV, Woodstock's full service marine and RV facility. Plum Garden has been voted the best Chinese restaurant and the best egg roll in the Northwest Herald's Best of the Fox year after year since 2014. Whether for lunch or dinner, dine-in or carry-out, our authentic Chinese cuisine is sure to satisfy. You can see a full menu online at PlumGardenRestaurant.com. Most folks don't spend a lot of time thinking about auto body repair. Ask for Adams. The choice is yours. Adams Auto Body and Service Center McHenry, Adams Collision Service Huntley, Adams Collision Centers Lake in the Hills and Harbor, where quality and customer satisfaction count. All right, Seuss, well, let's go ahead and head over to Class 5A where we have another very, very good matchup with St. Rita at 10-3 and versus Rochester at 12-1. and And, of course, the first thing that jumps out to you here is the three losses for St. Rita, and we've talked about time and time before. It's not because this is a team that is not maybe as good as or, you know, kind of got hot at the right time. It was a team that was facing a very, very tough regular season schedule and has come out into the 5A field like gangbusters, and everything to me in this game starts with the performance of, of Caleb Brown, which looking through the stats today, Caleb Brown, sophomore running back for the Mustangs at almost 2,000 yards rushing, just shy at 1947, and 35 touchdown. Uh, a lot of this game is going to be determined with how Rochester is able to deal with Mr. Caleb Brown. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a huge, huge challenge because he's a special talent. Um, you don't often see them uh, this good, this young, uh, and has really, really been impressive. Uh, and let's let's go back to your first point there. Uh, you know, the three losses uh, came to Richards, Loyola, and Montini early in the season. Uh, they've ripped off five wins over the you know over the back end of the regular season. Uh, there's a grand total of one team on their schedule that did not make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that speaks to the gauntlet that they're running. And we're not talking about, like, 
5A level playoff opponents. We're talking about 6, 7, and 8A qualifiers, teams that advance several rounds. This schedule was an absolute meat grinder for St. Rita, and I would argue, uh, excluding maybe one or two schools, probably the strongest schedule in the state. Absolutely. Um, And, and you know, you look at Caleb Brown and you look at what they have up front, too. It's a very big offensive line, four seniors and a junior. Um, Like I said, a lot of size. They've not been able, no one has been able to figure out in the playoffs uh, how to slow this offense down. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, it's one of those things that that I don't know if we're going to get that solution again. Yeah, I, I don't know either. But the thing is, uh, there is a team on the other side in Rochester that, unlike most teams, is a team that I feel like can solve the St. Rita defense and is going to be able to score point for point. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, I, I do think that I mean, despite the fact that Rochester does play up in the regular season and play some 5 and 6A schools with regularity in the postseason. So it's not like they're they're making a massive jump in, in caliber of competition that we're playing here. I do think the St. Rita defense is going to, to be the best defense that they've seen this year. I, I definitely don't think it's going to be as easy for them to rattle off points as it's been in their first appearance in the 5A field. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to... Listen, if this game turns into a complete shootout or where, where St. Rita is scoring at will, I don't think that Rochester has enough to, like, let's say, score 40 or above. But if this is a a game where St. Rita is scoring 24, 28, 31, somewhere in that range, I do think Rochester is right in that game. Yeah, I think so, too. I, think, I, I do think this is probably... There's probably going to be some points put on the board in this game. There are too many talented athletes in offensive positions on both sides of the field to have it go any other way. Um, but I do think over over time, uh, Saint Rita, the, the the weapons that St. Rita has, especially on the defensive side of the ball, might be just a little bit too much for Rochester to overcome over a four a four quarter stretch. Looking through the the the. The statistics for uh, Rochester, you have uh, Hank Beatty. I don't know if you noticed this today, though, Suze. Yeah. They have him at 86 receptions for 1,739 yards on the season. Yeah, and I was I was listening to the coaches' interviews earlier today. I, it, he's believed to be the state leader in receiving yards in Illinois right now, and he's a sophomore. So um, Rochester has had some exceptional wide receivers in the past, but uh, none that have made quite the impact that this young man has already made as a sophomore, uh, setting himself up to be probably one of the most prolific wide receivers the state has ever seen with this kind of a sophomore year. Absolutely. All right, just to get us on record, I'm taking St. Rita in this game. How about you, Seuss? Uh, I am taking St. Rita as well. All right, well, let's head to Class 6A where we have 12-1 Prairie Ridge on the north side of the bracket getting ready to face East St. Louis 13-0. and We've talked all year that we felt that East St. Louis was the best team in the state, regardless of class. I have no reason to doubt that after seeing the way that they've performed uh, throughout the playoffs. Um, the thing that I find intriguing is I actually I wish I could be in the coach's room with Prairie Ridge this week because I Prairie Ridge, this is a team that will be playing for its third state championship in four years uh, in, at the 6A level but I don't think they've ever faced an opponent quite like this East St. Louis team. And I, I, do, I don't know uh, how the Wolves go about trying to build a game plan because it's not something that they're used to. 
Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Prairie Ridge as a program, and especially for their coaching staff and their ability to build things that uh, that that help their personnel uh, achieve and succeed with what they have in front of them. Defensively, I I, I just I'm I'm fascinated to see what they come up with because. There's just so many elements to this East St. Louis offense. It feels like they can score in so many ways. Such a talented running back in DeMonta Witherspoon. So many options on the outside at the receiver position. Tyler Macon is unbelievable at the quarterback position. Uh, His stat line looks like a video game line most weeks. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, and, And there's just so many things that you have to contend with with this East St. Louis team. Um, that I just I'm I'm fascinated to see what Prairie Ridge comes up to try to counter it. Uh, it's it's such a great challenge for this defensive uh, defensive unit to try to have to respond to. Uh, I, I just think that East St. Louis is just an extremely gifted team, especially on offense, and with an underrated defensive unit that I think uh, is also going to provide an awful lot of intrigue when they, when they're coming to combat that Prairie Ridge offense. Yeah. So uh, I gave Seuss a call on Saturday evening after all of the games, the semifinal games had wrapped up just because I was being a giant football nerd and wanted to check in with him about what he thought about that Saturday. And you had uh, an opinion on this, what Prairie Ridge, if, if you were putting together a game plan, what, how you would start out this game. Can you mind sharing that with the audience? Well, I the one thing that I thought, and, and I don't think it's going to come to fruition, was I thought that it might be in Prairie Ridge's best interest to just kind of draw this thing out a little bit. Try to put together some long drives that just kind of keeps the ball out of East St. Louis's hands. This is a team, East, in, in East St. Louis, you have a team that can score so quickly and usually is in a position of having having a lead and are able to press the issue. My thought process would be maybe if you kind of flip the script a little bit on them, maybe get an early score that takes a bunch of time off the clock, maybe the Flyers get a little impatient because they haven't been able to have the ball, have a little fun with it, you know, haven't been able to. One of my favorite sayings is how they describe themselves, all gas, no brakes. They don't, uh, they don't have that chance to you know, you know, have the fun on offense that they like to have. Maybe they get a little aggravated. Maybe they press a little bit. Maybe they make a mistake or two. Yeah, and my my the flip side to that is what I I think is you you run the the risk of if you don't score, if you don't capitalize on that long drive, uh, East St. Louis gets the ball and it takes them one or two plays to go the length of the field as we saw early in the year against Batavia. Um, you, I just feel like you don't leave yourself much margin for error. But that's why this this game is so fun to me is because it's it's such a different it's there's such different concepts for how these teams play uh and as east st louis as uh, what you have to coin as the favorite in this game for prairie ridge i it's just so much fun to think of ways for for the wolves to try and make this more of a in the trenches fight well the one thing that interests me a lot about this is is the one thing that i've noticed is a constant thread while east st louis has been dominating and we even saw this back in week one they have been doing so despite making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, a lot of penalties. This is a heavily, this is a heavily penalized football team, and they have been in numerous games this year. My my wonder is, does maybe in, is Prairie Ridge the team that can finally take advantage of the fact that East St. Louis 
has a tendency to make things a little bit more difficult on themselves than they actually need to. Well, the other thing we saw is that defensively, East St. Louis does have a tendency to over-pursue. They, they commit quickly, and against Prairie Ridge's triple option offense where they're going to try and be deceptive and hide the ball, uh, I do think that provides some opportunities maybe for, for, for East St. Louis to make some mistakes and for Prairie Ridge to find some open field. It could happen. I mean, that, and that is one thing that uh, that's one thing that that gives me a little pause in saying that East St. Louis is going to run away with this game is is what you mentioned right there. Um, that that there will be an opportunity or two for Prairie Ridge to seize when East St. Louis makes a mistake on one of those reads, shoots the wrong gap, uh, does. I mean, in situations like that, it's just how much will Prairie Ridge benefit from that? Is it a ten yard gain? Or is it a 50-yard touchdown? Yeah. That's, I think that's going to be the biggest difference. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take East St. Louis in this game, Seuss. I'm uncomfortable with agreeing with you as often as I have today, but I'm <laughs> going to take East St. Louis as well. All right. Well, we might be able to have some fun in the, this next game because it is a very, very evenly matched game on paper. And that is uh, our 7A matchup between 13-0 Mount Carmel and 13-0 Nazareth. Uh, and as I said, I, I I'm having a difficult time picking this one. Yeah, this is a gr- this is a great matchup on paper. There's a lot of intriguing things about it that I like uh, when looking at it. Uh, you know, Mount Carmel has just been, in my opinion, kind of lunch bucket football this year. Just doing exactly what they have to do to win football games and move on to the next one and win that one. Not flashy. Uh, not putting up these giant gaudy numbers, um, but just simply doing what they have to do to win football games. They've played a great schedule. They've beat a lot of great football teams. Uh, but it just kind of feels like, in perspective, uh, you, you don't really know that much about Mount Carmel because they're not, they're not blowing up the scoreboard every week for 60 or 70 points. They're just beating good football teams and doing it very effectively. Yeah, quarterback Justin Lynch has put together a nice campaign here, and really it seemed to come on over the second half of the season. Yeah, and I mean, it, and it's just like I said, just kind of a quiet, right. uh, quiet season that you're you're not like you're not saying, oh, Lynch threw for five touchdown passes tonight, or Lynch had you know two hundred yards rushing on the ground. It's not the way they're doing things. Um, but to their credit combined with a really good defense they haven't needed to put up these electric points they've just like i said just kind of pounded teams into submission and nobody's really figured out a recipe to combat it and on the other side um you have you have jj mccarthy and tyler morris who last week combined for five touchdowns uh i mean when i say that i shouldn't say combined it was mccarthy to tyler morris for five touchdowns and a win against rolling meadows yeah and i mean it's it's this has kind of been the theme for nazareth is that like they can turn on the offense, you know, by flipping that switch and just going to ridiculous levels of, of you know, offensive productivity. So it's kind of funny. There's actually a misprint on the, uh, on the stats that were released today for the teams. And when I first looked at it, I'm like, boy, I think I've been reading this team wrong all along because it has them listed for having 6,000 yards rushing this year, which <laughs> the weird thing about it was, it didn't actually freak me out that much. I was like, well, maybe they do. I don't know. They score a lot of points. It's possible, I suppose. But actually, it's 2,000 yards rushing. But uh, Yeah, 6,000 total yards, right? Yeah, re- regardless, you know, uh, McCarthy and, and crew here, uh, a special group, c- 
capable of of lighting it up on the scoreboard, and that's where you get the whole rock against the hard place matchup here with a very good Mount Carmel defense that's picked off quite a few passes this year, uh, being challenged by McCarthy, who is obviously a gunslinger who can who can post points, uh, help his team post points at an epic rate. All right, Suze, who you got in this game? I'm gonna take Nazareth. You know what? We're agreeing again, unfortunately, here. But yeah, oh, I, I, I think I think the Roadrunners have a slight edge in this game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a very narrow one. It's one of those games that that, uh, that if I had to put a percentage on it, it isn't much over fifty. But I'm taking Nazareth. All right. Well, we got one last class here, and that is class at a or eight a, and we are getting two of the best defenses in the state, maybe the two best defenses in the state in the eight a title game. Yeah, Battle of Undefeateds in Warren and Lincoln Way East. Yeah, I think this is going to be this is going to be something to behold if you're a, a fan of defenses because I haven't seen Warren live this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing it for the first time. I'm I'm aware of how special this is just by looking at the numbers. The what they've done this year is ridiculous. I mean, I I can't even. I can't even fathom a concept where I would say there's only one team that scored seven points on them all year long. I mean, that's just something that just, just seems completely ridiculous. Uh, and, and that the team that did score seven points on it did it very late in the game. So, uh, you know, six points or less um, in, in every other game this year. Uh, just a ridiculous defensive effort from this team. Uh, they just have combined and and done so many great things uh to get it done and and you look at it it, uh, people you know assign well they've got an iowa state recruit uh willis singleton uh who is you know they're supposedly their marquee guy on defense and then you dig a little bit deeper in the stats and you've got a guy juan delacruz who isn't getting that sort of attention uh he's got 20 tackles for loss seven sacks 80 tackles on the season uh malachi mcneil 14 tackles for loss there are players all over the field on the defensive side of the ball for for gurney warren absolutely and they are uh, offensively they are confident it's not a team that's just being carried by the defense you got Derek mclaughlin uh, or i'm guessing it's mclaughlin is how you pronounce it 1600 yards 21 touchdowns on the season they are a run first team they grind out drive and this is a, a a game that i think sets up well for for warren but of course lincoln way east on the other side is a terrific team you've seen several times this year, Seuss. Is there? Uh, I, how do you see this playing out? Where where can there be a difference made in between these two teams? You know, it, it's funny because when you look at it, it, it you know Gurney Warren, like you said, a very run oriented team. Lincoln Way East, tremendous defensive line, bookend defensive end, uh, de- defensive ends, and Adrian Wilson and Sean McLaughlin both going Division One. They they all season long have taken lead running backs that have posted great numbers during the regular season and completely taken them out of games. So for me, it really comes down to whether or not Lincoln Way East is able to rein in the other guy that I think is is kind of the important cog in their offense, Christian Phillips. Um, he's he's out at the wide receiver position for Warren, uh, makes a lot of plays, but he moves around. He runs the ball a little bit. He's kind of, to be honest with you, uh, a little bit like A.J. Henning for Lincoln Way East. Maybe not quite as fast as Henning, 
Um, but a kind of guy that you can kind of line up all over the field and expect him to make plays for you. He's got 21 touchdowns this season. He's a playmaker. So how Lincoln Way East deals with him, I think, is the big situation because if history proves correct with this team, they'll be able to slow down McLaughlin because they've done that with almost every other running back that they've they've faced uh, that has been another team's lead back. So uh, it's really kind of an interesting chess match here when you think about it because you know Warren has the advantage of having their offense play against their great defense in practice. So they're not going to be like phased by a very good defense on the other side of the field. But the same thing applies to Lincoln Way East. Lincoln Way East also plays against an excellent defense during during their practice sessions. So both teams should be prepared for what a great defense can bring to the table. So uh, for me, it really comes down to a couple of factors. Uh, two, uh, and number one amongst them is uh, will Warren be able to keep A.J. Henning from breaking a couple of big plays? Because that may be all it takes to, to create separation in this game. And two, the special teams play. Uh, both teams have a very good kicker. Uh, Adam Saul for uh, for Gurney Warren is capable of putting some points on the board, but Lincoln Way East kicker uh, Dominic uh, Joban is a special special talent. He's going to Miami of Ohio. Their coach is complimentary of Miami of Ohio and is constantly saying how much of a steal he thinks they're getting because he feels like this kicker could kick anywhere. Um, and I'm inclined to agree with him. He is he's very very good. Uh, looks like he, if the conditions are right, can can kick with regularity beyond the 50-yard line and is a tremendous punter as well. And I think field position is going to be extremely critical in this game. So both of these guys, and Saul can do it too, uh, both of these guys where, where it might come down to how much these specialists control this game because I think it's going to be really low scoring and it's going to come down to I mean, who controls and who's able to flip that field? All right, Seuss. Well, you sold me after listening to your speech on Lincoln Way East there. I'm going to go with the Griffins. Yeah, I'm going to take the Griffins as well. All right, we really did agree way too much in this podcast. All right. Well, before I let you wrap it up for Seuss, I would like to say that please stick with us at Friday Night Drive all week. We're going to have some great content for you. We will be out there with a team of riders and photographers this weekend at State Football and DeKalb. Looking forward to it. And, Seuss, with that, I'll let you wrap it up. Well, I think you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. It's just I think the depth of these eight games, especially the four on Saturday, is really, really exciting. We've got some intriguing matchups. There's kind of been, I guess, I don't want to say a track record, but kind of the experience over the past few years that a lot of the state final games were kind of letdowns in comparison to you know, quarterfinal and semifinal weeks when we had so many great games. But I really think there's the potential for a lot of exciting games. Like I said, especially on Friday, I mean on Saturday, where I think all four of those games have the potential to be really, really special. All right, well, before we get out of here, I would like to thank our sponsors one more time. Those include Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision Centers, or Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden in McHenry. Uh, with that, we are going to go ahead and head out. We hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey. If you head out to DeKalb this weekend, go ahead and say hi to us if you see us. And with that, enjoy the football, and we will talk to you next week.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.